Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Process. Welcome back to your home for football and fantasy football where we learn, scout, win, and repeat. Time to continue the process. I'm your host, Ralph Lark. What's up, y'all? Week 8 NFL action is upon us. So we're going to talk about it. That's what we do here at The Process. Excited to be talking to you again for yet another week here in the season. I hope everybody had fantasy glory last week, won those seasonal contests, won those DFS contests. If I do say so myself, we gave out some pretty stellar picks last week. Hopefully you Paired Burrow with Chase and made that work. Hopefully, you used Tua in your cash game and paid down like we said and paired him with fellows like one such mentioned Jamar Chase. Maybe you made some other savvy picks that we suggested last week. I'm hoping you did. Because that's what the process is about. Dominating our seasonal football leagues and dominating DFS on Sundays. You don't have all the cash like the big boys do. You can't afford 150 lineups. You've got a job. You've got pesky kids. This crazy thing called a wife demanding that you do this honey-do list. There's a lot of things. That making it so that it is not an even playing field for you, my friend. But never fear the process is here. We give you this information. The picks every week should come through and support you. That's what this is about. So it's tried and true if you listen. This is for the new people. Welcome to the new people. We love first-time offenders. Love you repeat offenders. Love the hardheads. Welcome to everybody. But specifically to the new people, we obviously want them to know what we are about. And that is following a set strategy that we don't deviate from so that we can get the path to glory. That's what it's all about. You have the ability to reference all the past information that we go over. So keep that in mind as we tell you how you do that right now. There's a couple of different ways, if you're new to this, to listen to the process. You want to check in with us week to week, get your DFS picks, hear the game breakdowns and the game scripts, and get the inside track for how it's going. I'm watching the games. Watching the games in case you aren't, giving you a viable bit of information to kick around the old noggin when you're making these picks www.tigerbombsae.com. That's our website. Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment is a couple of podcasts. This is one of them. You can listen to them all there. If you click on the process tab, you can listen to this podcast right on the process page. So that's one way that you might keep up. Some people like to listen in a browser. You can do this like that. You can do this at work if that if you so wish to do. Check it out, though. If you are a on-the-go person, you listen to your podcast in an app, we got you covered there, too. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen. Uh, you know, we've, we, we can accommodate you, I should say. 
Just search for Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment. This will pop up. Like and subscribe. You've got, as I mentioned before, access to all the previous episodes. So when I reference things we talked about, it's there. The process is not about just spitting names at you, even though we do a bit of that for DFS purposes at the end. It's about unfolding the how did I get here so that the picks make sense to you. Okay? That's what it's about. Now, if you are a social media person, Facebook, Twitter, that's your thing. You want to connect there. Boom, we can do that. I can make it easy. It's at the process, T-B-S-A-E, at the process, T-B-S-A-E. That is whether you're doing Facebook or the Twitter. We can connect that way. And you can always email me here, too, if you need to. The process at TigerBomb, S-A-E.com. Okay, those are the particulars of how we can stay connected and get you guys some of the best free information that you can find word for word, week to week. All right, now that we've got that covered, we, we, we can move on to some of our general segments. We're going to do reload. We're going to do would you rather. We're going to do DFS picks and get you out of here so that we can continue to scale the mountain. Remember last week, this is the ascension. Right, that's what we're talking about—the ascension. So we're going to continue doing that, but we have we have a different. Uh, the uh, you know last week was the ascension to the apex. I want to put a different concept in everybody's mind today. Just another example to help you conceptualize what we need to do, what the mission is, because winning fantasy football in a seasonal perspective is just that it's a it's a um, long process you've got to do different things at different points and so i beg you guys today for this example to think about the fantasy football season as <clears throat> what you do after you have been stranded on a desert isle that's going to be the reference point that we think about today Think about like that show Lost, right? That's where the idea came from for me. It's like, you know, once you get dropped out, parachuted to wherever, right? Uh, your plane crashes or your boat you sinks or however it is that you get there in Fantasyland. We're at the stage now where you're stranded on the desert island. And so this is the beginning of the fantasy football season. I say that because I feel like in the beginning of a fantasy football season, sometimes things are going well. You know, maybe you had a good draft, or, or in our in our example scenario, maybe you had, you know, uh, you guys found the hull of the plane and found the the, the food stash that was on the plane or something like that. But maybe in the beginning, you start off good. You you get out the gate with some points. Your team is winning. So maybe on the desert island. You're not starving, you know, maybe there's some other people, and it's like, oh, everything's accounted for, I, you know, I have what I need, and, uh, you know, it's warm and it's sunny, and uh, maybe it's not so bad, and oh, we just found some rum, right? But as that day or week or month or whatever year goes on, you're stranded, guess what? You may run out of some of those supplies that you had initially had before, you may have to start roughing it. You may have to start looking for different ways to survive. Well, fantasy football is a lot like that. A lot like that. Because the way you start the season is important, but you've got to change and adapt as the season goes along. You're going to have injuries. 
things are going to happen. Guys that we drafted that we thought would produce are not going to produce. We're going to have to do something about that. And so that's the change, right? That's that's the part where you know now it's now the sun's going down and it's getting a little colder and it's like oh I didn't I should we need shelter now right so to so this week is about just that on the on the desert isle when you're stranded it's making shelter that's what we need to talk about how do you weather the storm how do you make shelter you make the plan like we talked about before. You've got to go gather some branches. Maybe you find some rock inclines that, oh, I can, you know, sleep under there if it's because it may looks like it's going to rain. But if you're stranded on that desert island, you wouldn't let the sun go down without making an effective plan, right? You you you'd want to survive, and so this is the same way. That's why I encourage you guys to make a plan. What I mean by make a plan, if you're new to this, is we talked about. A way where you can uh, somehow add an edge to your team for the future, right? And so I had uh, one of my leagues where I gave an example where I had Landry in IR start the, to start the year, to start the year, Landry and Michael Thomas. Now, Landry's come off, and he's performed decently, so it's kind of like, but that was my plan for that team. Now, that team got out the gate great and no, no big problems or whatever, but you the point is you want to not be caught by surprise. You want to have a plan and then the backup plan, right? And so making that plan, making that shelter so you're not left out in the cold at night. For fantasy football purposes, you've got to do that. We talked last week about another plan I made in another week where I traded Sony Michelle and Julio Jones for Michael Carter. That looks like a really smart thing now. Yet another week where Julio's not going to play. And yet another week where Michael Carter can just continue to increasingly do a little better, get some double digit fantasy points in PPR, half PPR format. So, making the plan for that league entailed how do I get stronger at running back? The answer to that question is getting a running back that has all or most of the touches for his team. It's not getting the best running back. You're not. That's not how the game is played. Other people aren't necessarily going to give you the best players for nothing. The way you do it is just how we spoke. It is simply by thinking about it conceptually like that. How do I get myself a bell cow running back? The best thing I could do is Michael Carter. But now I feel great about that in terms of what I gave up. Uh, so that is a way that you might make some shelter. You guys should continue to think about how you make shelter for the rest of the season. Do you have some plan or... You know what I mean? For example, to take it further, I had to go get Michael Carter because I have Chubba Hubbard in that league, but I don't have CMC. The CMC owner didn't handcuff this guy, test his shame on him, so I shouldn't have Hubbard anyway. But having Hubbard takes care of the fact that I had a hole at running back. And so I've been playing him, but I was forward thinking, what happens when CMC comes back? Right, I lose Hubbard, so I've been trying to make a trade for CMC. I haven't been able to. Backup plan then, right? Go get Carter. This is what I mean. Living example for you guys over the past couple of weeks, and this is another, if I must say so, it's a really good example of how you might do that. A couple other things I want you guys to think about before we move forward here. The revenge narrative is 
because I, I, you know, you hear a lot about this, and it's just anytime any guy is facing his whole te- his old team, the revenge narrative is not always applicable, but sometimes it can be. Not every player was spurned by his old team. A lot, some of these guys are thankful for the time they had there. Wouldn't have gotten the new contract they have gotten if they weren't released, or whatever the case may be. And so, I just want to say that I don't, I'm not a disbeliever. But also, at the same time, you have to look at the motivations. And so when we look at Hunter Henry this week in this uh, game with New England against the Chargers, you know, I keep hearing revenge narrative, but it's like it's not that. It's it's a, it, it, Listen, this guy was able to uh, – they couldn't pay him, so he was able to go get paid. But at the same time, this is going to be a chance for him to go back to a familiar place and do it one more time for some fans that um, really gelled with him when he was out here in Los Angeles. That's not revenge, right? But there's motivation there. I think he wants to hit pay dirt. He's in a good spot. And he I think he would love to come back uh, here and score a touchdown, touchdown in these familiar playing. So you, I, I'm just putting in your mind that think about the context in between the lines when you hear all this stuff about revenge narrative. Okay. Now, keeping in mind what we talked about with Make Shelter, Seasonal depth charts, just reinforcing things we mentioned before. Again, to use the example of this Michael Carter trade, now I have him, but he's on the bench until the C, until CMC comes back because Hubbard was ahead of him in my depth chart. I got him to replace Hubbard when Hubbard's gone. This is how you pick up extra pieces, but now you're not faced with who do I play every week because you don't want to get into that. You don't want to play musical chairs with your players. You'll never win. You have two great quarterbacks. I'm going to start the better one every week based on matchup. Guarantee you, you won't get the better outcome every week. You won't nearly get it as often as you think you would. We can't play that game. You have a depth chart. I start this player. If he goes down, I start this player. I have this player. If he goes down, I have his handcuff. That's how you win. That's how you do it. So seasonal depth chart, as it applies to our example today, is another way that you might make shelter. Okay? Those are some really palpable palpable examples to use to strengthen yourselves right now. You've got to make shelter. We're at the part of the season. Look, this is week eight. The sun's going to go down soon. It's going to be pretty dark around here pretty soon. And at that point, you better have a plan. All right, let's get into some reload. And now it's time for the process to reload. Now it's time for the process to reload. We'll start first, though, with the Thursday game, Green Bay at Arizona. Uh, Green Bay wins this game. couple things. Green Bay went on the road, gave the first loss to the Cardinals because they were able to exploit the run defense of the Arizona Cardinals. They smashed it home with Jones and with Dillon. Those were some hard runs up the middle. The thing that I'm worried about for the Cardinals, though, is I think they need to pick up some additional depth along the D-line to stop the run. And you now have lost J.J. Watt for the year as well, too. Chandler Jones should get healthy pretty soon. But, you know, Rodgers had time to throw. 
the pass rush is not as vaunted as it was to start the year. And so I think they need some help on the defensive side of the ball. Even though they started the year off well, injuries have plagued them. As far as uh, the offense goes, Chase Edmonds was one thing that I thought was a cool bright spot because he had not had a touchdown yet this year. So he got in the box. It's one thing that was really keeping us off of him a lot is this lack of upside from hitting the pay dirt. Let's hope he can continue that and become more serviceable as the season rolls along. And we'll pay attention to the Arizona defense to see if they begin to let up. And if so... What does this team do to adjust? Reload. Getting into Sunday here. Carolina at Atlanta. Atlanta has a few paths to victory. I don't think that they will be able to achieve it. But against Carolina, it's going to be tougher for them to uh, pass the ball to a receiver or to a running back, for example, uh, as opposed to straight up running it. Now, the passing game in general should have a little bit more of a harder time against Carolina. And so I think for Carolina, there's a narrow path that involves Pitts because he lines up various places. And believe it or not, guys, Mike Davis is going to have to be involved, too, because they're going to have to run the ball more against Carolina. And so I don't think just one guy doing it is going to do it. You have to do both of them. Uh, Patterson, you know, anything that they may do to move him out wide or put in motion or anything like that, I, I think a lot of that would be negated. And so if he is willing to go, you know, in the backfield and take straight away, like, you know, right right through the middle gap runs, then he's going to get – then he'll have a chance to get production. But I really see that as being uh, something for Mike Davis this week. And boy, what a DFS pivot that would be versus everybody else thinking the other way. As far as Carolina goes, Chubba Hubbard should be able to have a decent day on the ground. And, you know, Darnold is going to get the start again. I have confidence that he'll do a lot better. This Atlanta secondary is not great. And so, I, you know, there's no pressure involved for him. They're not going to pressure him very much uh, as far as, far as you know, that goes. So I, I'm – thinking that he can essentially have himself a decent enough day uh, for them to win this game, have a chance to win this game on the road against their divisional uh, opponent. Reload. Miami at Buffalo. Buffalo dog-walked Miami at the first one in Miami, and they're going to dog-walk Miami for this one in Buffalo. They've been giving it to Miami since Flores has been in town, since a little before that. Uh, Buffalo has Miami's number the way New England used to. I don't think anything changes in this game. I like Allen. Uh, you know, the cornerbacks for Miami have been playing poorly, uh, but the tight end has a better matchup. Uh, Knox is out. Sweeney's in. Could catch a touchdown. Could easily happen. Uh, running the ball will be probably a very nice path to victory, too. Moss is in play for sure. Singletary also in play, but very much more I like Moss. Miami is not about... I think Singletary would catch passes more, right? Miami's not going to let you do that. It's between tackles running. I think that's more Moss. He gets the goal line work, so Moss for sure over Singletary in my book. As far as the receivers go, I don't think I want to take uh, – well, well, Diggs. I mean, Diggs for sure. But I'm, I just know that it's going to be in Allen's hands, and he's going to win the game. I wouldn't mind just for DFS purposes pairing him with Moss. And moving on from there, because Miami's going to lose this game. They should have won last week. They're not going to win this week, but they've got to have a better showing. You know, even in a close loss, it's still going to be a letdown because you're marching on seven 
losses in a row, things are going to change if it doesn't start going better for them. Reload. Going on to San Francisco and Chicago. Guys, San Francisco has a problem defending quarterbacks that can run the ball a little bit. So I think the Bears, look, I'm not just going right back to the well as a homer. I promise you. Like, there's nothing to be, you know, particularly excited about on the Chicago Bear offense. But if they do some design runs for fields and let and let them take off and create from there, they can have a chance to have success this week. I know people are riding the San Fran defense. They're riding San Fran, but I promise you, Jimmy Garoppolo makes them a different team. If they had Lance, Trey Lance playing, it'd be a different consideration for me. Uh, I know Mitchell is highly played up this week. Bears without Hakeem Nicks, problem stopping the run. They won't have Mac either. But I am assuming that Fields will be able to keep the keep the ball in the field in conjunction with Khalil Herbert and move it a little bit. I even like Allen Robinson as well. San Fran's been bad in the secondary. If he can open, he open up things in the secondary with his legs for himself. And so I think he's going to lead the way. It's a home game. I, uh, you know, if it's colder in Chicago, even better for San Francisco. But I'm going to go ahead and pick this upset. It's, again, it's not a homer thing. I'm looking clearly at this and. Uh, I think Garoppolo has some issues for sure. The Bears, you know, they're pretty bad too. Like Debo Samuel, he, you know, he could go off for sure. But outside of that, I'm not sure who else is going to do anything for them. Probably not going to be enough to win the game, I don't think. Reload. Pittsburgh going to Cleveland. And this should be an interesting one too. Chubb is going to have to run because I think, you know, you get – an injured uh, Baker Mayfield back, okay, but the pressure, man, the pressure rate is intense. So unless he's going to all of a sudden get better at dealing with that, I, I don't think it's going to go that well. So I like Landry because this A dot can be smaller, so he can get to him quicker. I like that. I do not mind the tight ends for Cleveland, but they just use them sporadic. Like they just use so many, like in conjunction. So I can't just say Njoku because the other guy would score. But as far as uh, the rest of the Cleveland wide receivers, OBJ, if he plays, not too interested in that stuff. Um, I think running the ball, Chubb can have some success. Not interested in anybody else, Darnest or anybody else. But Chubb, because they, they're just going to give him the touches and he will eat away at this defense. And that's the way you take the pressure off of Baker so that you can do some play action, get that thing to Landry. Um, Pittsburgh on the road. I, I like Big Ben this week, too. I like Deion. He's getting Deontay back. I like that. Uh, the, you know, Cleveland is not going to let them run the ball as willingly as they want. They don't have a great line anyway. So I, I you know, don't see Najee Harris having a great day. I think Ben's going to have to get the ball out quickly. Small A dot. I like Deontay. I like you know Ben shoveling it to him. I don't even think Ben can get it to Najee because Cleveland is good against the the uh, running back catching the ball. So I very much like it to be forward passing and not even with Fryermuth, even though he's going to get most of the reps this week. It's going to be Claypool and it's going to be Deontay Johnson uh, in a game that the Pittsburgh offense shows up for. Ultimately, uh, it's going to be a closer game, but Cleveland, I'm going to give them the edge because they're at home. I think Chubb can really set the tenor and, and run so much clock out, and so I think that is the path for Cleveland. Reload. Philly going on the road. The Eagles going on the road to take on the Detroit Lions. 
Philadelphia's got a bad defense. They can't stop anybody. I don't want to get too invested in golf, though, because who knows where he goes with the ball. But I do know that Hawkinson is a great play. Swift is a great play. He's going to pass to those two. And even if Swift runs it, it's still a really good play. So I like those two. I'd rather just get exposure to, to whatever happens with golf through them. There's nobody else that I'm really concerned about missing out on or being poorly leveraged against. So we don't need to go there, right? Um, on the other side of things, Jalen Hurts, uh, uh, you know, for him and for them, it's running the ball. Now, they're not going to have Sanders this week. Miles Sanders is out. And so you're going to see Kenneth Gain, Gainwell and a little bit of Boston Scott. Uh, you know, I like Gainwell. He was goal line guy even when they had Sanders. So I don't see why he wouldn't be goal line guy now. He's in play and so is Hurts because Hurts leads the way with his legs. I don't think you need to get invested in Devontae Smith for like, DFS purposes or whatever. If you have seasonal play him for sure and feel great about it. But just for DFS purposes, take the exposure to Hurts. Maybe just pair him with Gainwell. That's the everything you need, I think, for Philly on the road in a game that Detroit's going to keep it close, but Philly's going to find a way to win because they can't go to two and six. I don't think they'll do it. They'll somehow scrap and get it to three to five. But Detroit, we've seen how tough they can be. Golf and company won't make it easy. Reload. The Rams going on the road to Houston. The Houston offense is going to be um, over-inundated, as we should say. They just shipped off Mark Ingram to the tech, to the Saints. I'm, I'm sure, uh, you know, Cooks had some words. Brandon Cooks had some words this week. He may be upset because uh, he couldn't go along for the ride, too. But uh, So things are condensed in the backfield. It's David Johnson. I don't think that, you know, he's going to be stellar or anything like that. But for DFS purposes, he it, it does matter. He's condensed. He's going to get the touches. More importantly than the touches, he's going to get the catches. I don't think he's going to run the ball well against the Rams defense, but catches out of the backfield. And I do think they're going to need to hit him because Mills is going to be uh, under duress. Now, Tyrod might play. Same scenario. He's going to have to dump off uh, is what I'm thinking. Tyrod's been proven to be that sort of a passer anyway. He can dump off. So, I like the idea of a David Johnson there, but ultimately, this you know you don't have to fall in love with it because there's nothing really to like about Houston. This team is overmatched in every way. The Rams, I like Henderson on the other side of things. A little too expensive for DFS for the matchup, um, uh, but uh, he could certainly. Uh, I think he's going to have a fine day. The running game is going to have a fine day if the Rams get up well enough. Sonny Michelle could get in there and see some reps. Uh, I think the easier way to beat Houston is on the ground as opposed to through the air. And so uh, they'll do that. But as they get closer to the goal line, Cooper Cup, they'll scheme it up. They'll find a way. He's always been open eight out of nine touchdowns. He's been, like, wide open by NFL standards. So that means you can probably anticipate them finding a way to get it to him. I just don't know if they're going to be marching up and down the field. But they're going to win that game. Reload. Tennessee. Tennessee. Tennessee going to Indianapolis to face the Colts. In this one, I think Wentz has a chance to shine. He's not been playing terribly, so he can continue this streak. This uh, secondary for Tennessee is pretty bad. So for Indy, Wentz has a chance. Uh, I think Jonathan Taylor can be serviceable on the ground. He's not going to catch too many passes, though. Uh, Tennessee is actually decent uh, in stopping backs from doing that. And so if you take that away, I think that stops him from blowing up, but he can still be fine. Certainly negates Naheem Hines. But uh, for for Wentz, he's in play. You know, Pittman's in play. He gets Hilton back. I think for DFS purposes, I just want to go with Wentz and not choose because 
I, I don't know, but you could ultimately pair them all up because they're so cheap. But it should be a banner day offensively for them. On the defensive side of the ball, Tennessee's going to find a tougher time running the ball. I'm never going to say somebody can stop Derrick Henry, but it's going to be a lot tougher because Indy's defense is built to stop the run. And so the path to victory lies through the air. Brown's in play. That's the guy right there. Julio's out, so it's got to be Brown. He's in play. Uh, you know, Ferks are not so much in play, and they're using a lot of different tight ends anyway. But uh, maybe Westbrook, uh, Keen. I, I can't remember the hyphenation of the guy with the long name, but that dude's in play too. You know, Tannehill's going to have to move the ball, spread the ball around. So really, from a DFS fan, you know, aspect, I don't want anybody, any other receivers, but Brown. I want to pair him with Tannehill, get exposure to the other offense through Tannehill. He's going to have to pass it if they want to win this game. Ultimately, can they win this game? Yes. It's going to be very tough. I'm going to I'm going to say that they lose this game. Indianapolis can win this game. They can win this game at home and, and they can, you know, get to, you know, A and A and feel really good about themselves and just stay a little bit, you know, a game behind Tennessee. I don't think they're going to at home let Tennessee run away from them. So I expect them to win. If they win, it goes like I said with Wentz distributing the ball around, possibly to just uh, Hilton and Pittman and uh, Taylor with the straight head runs, but not so much to the passing. So uh, 100 or less. Reload. Cincinnati, you want to play the Jets? The Jets' defense should be okay because Cincinnati, uh, you know, they get the pleasure of playing like nobody at quarterback for the Jets. It's going to be a hard bargain for them, so that's why Michael Carter should be able to have a lot of work uh, with just runs and check down passes, all that. So, no Tevin Campbell, Michael Carter, baby. Uh, you know, Ty is probably going to get some work too, his backup. So, I wouldn't say he's in play. It's all about Michael Carter at this point. He's building, he's building, he's building towards something, and this is another week to do it. The Jets don't have much else to, to look at, though. I'm not looking at any of those receivers or tight ends or anything like that. They're going to lose this game. But for the Cincinnati side of things, you know, Burrow can he you know it's a tougher uh, matchup for him. I would say he could find Chase, but here's the issue. Here's why you know Mixon's going to lead the way. Yeah, I'm sure of it. I want to put him cash game because the Jets suck against the run. They can't stop running backs from running or catching balls, and so I think that you know that's the way that Burrow. You know, he can throw passes to him or whatever at the goal line, but it's going to be about mixing. Jets don't really bring pressure. As we've seen, Burrow, you know, his thing is Forte was handling pressure like he did last week, right? Like, And so if they're going to sit back and play a different game with him, he may be less prepared for it, right? Like that's not his Forte. And so you really want to have your exposure to uh, mixing this week is, is what I am thinking. And Uzoma, he's also in play too, for sure. But they're going to go on the road and win that game. They want to keep it a low score, and hopefully their defense can like be the decider. But somehow, some way, they'll do it. Reload. New England at the Chargers. Bill and company put a forty-five to nothing drop on uh, Herber when they went to New England last year, and so the Chargers are looking for a little bit of revenge this time. New England coming on out for this uh, for this game here. As far as the Chargers go, we know what they want to do. They will let you run the ball ad hoc because they want to not give up anything on the back end, right? And so for New England, Damian Harris is going to, you know, they'll be happy to run with him. They'll be happy to run with him. I don't necessarily think that they're going to get passes off with any of their running backs. So I'm not like into Bolden or Ramon Stevenson or any of those guys, right? 
uh, or even the receivers, but the tight ends, Hunter Henry, Janu Smith. Don't forget about him. Everybody's going to be so focused on Hunter Henry that if Janu plays because he's banged up, I desperately think that he is a really good play this week. He can just score a touchdown at the very least, at the very least. Like If he plays, I think with this um, matchup, that is his uh uh, upside not going to belabor the stuff with hunter henry coming back we talked about that earlier before but that's what i like on the new england side for the chargers they should win this game but for them i think eckler you know he's going to be the man that leads the way for them uh you know can the receivers in herbert have a decent day they could but i would be less inclined to believe that i think it's all about eckler and the defense in the game that they win reload jacksonville going to seattle so jacksonville I think they'll have to air it out a little bit. I think uh, Robinson, you know, he can have a decent day. I won't. Th- I don't think he'll get shut down. But uh, there's an opportunity for Jacksonville and Lawrence to take another step forward. So I think that Lawrence can have himself a decent day. Um, those receivers are in play. I love Agnew and his new position. All that should be interesting to watch. Uh, for the Seattle side of things, Collins is in play. Geno isn't a great quarterback. He'll be able to get it to Metcalf. I'd be worried about everybody else. Collins is in play. They've got to hope that Lawrence makes a mistake because he's in this foreign environment and Seattle can get really loud. I think they can beat him and Urban based on some communication, you know, fumbles or or falafels or whatever, um, because it's just so hard to to win in Seattle on the road. But I don't think Geno's going to be great to say again. Alex Collins definitely in play. They're going to be leaning all over him. I don't know how much Penny's going to be involved. Um, but I think Collins is certainly in play in on the Jacksonville side of things. As I said, Robinson is safe. Uh, you know, Lawrence is safe. Uh, I, I really like Agnew. But I don't think they win that game. Reload. Washington going on the road to face Denver. Washington is going to have their hands full of Denver as Teddy B gets Judy back. And I really think that this gives him just all his array of weapons again. And so it's hard to say where he's going to go because they're all in decent spots. Uh, Sutton, Judy, Fant, um, not so much Gordon uh, because of the rushing aspect, but Javante for catching uh, the passes. Washington's poor or, you know, Mid Porter Milling against uh, running backs catching the pass. So Teddy B has a great opportunity to shine this week. I really like this one at home. Uh, I don't think Washington is going to win this game, but I do think for them Gibson can play really well too. This is a run game. It's not a a passing scenario. Denver's really good against the pass. They're good against the running backs uh, catching passes, and so not necessarily inclined to McKissick this game. Uh, I think McLaurin's going to get his because he's McLaurin. But outside of that, not too much else is going to be brewing for Washington. Uh, but Denver wins this game. Uh, Teddy B leads the way. Reload. Tampa Bay going to New Orleans. And this is going to be an interesting one because Jameis gets to face his old team. Look, I think divisional rivals are It's a tough tough world anyway trying to beat your divisional rival regardless of talent and stuff like that like just it's hard to beat the same team twice a year when you or when you see them so much right and so the familiarity this is going to be a tight game now adding to it new orleans plays brady well they played him well uh since he's been in tampa bay every single time they're gonna shadow evans probably with Lattimore. that's usually what they do and it usually works 
So he's out of it. Brown is sitting, and so we like Godwin this week for sure. Don't like the tight end. Don't like the run against New Orleans. Tom's got to get it to Godwin, but he'll find a way to get some other people involved. You know, I just don't feel comfortable with it because they've already proven to be able to handle what he can throw at them, and he doesn't have all his weapons. For the New Orleans side, this is why it's not a cakewalk for them. I think Arians knows Jameis to a T, knows exactly how to get him, right? And so, guys, I don't know who's going to win this game, but I do know that Kamara is going to be in play. Catching those passes against this Tampa Bay defense, that that's in play. Deontay Harris is in play. I love his matchup. The Tampa Bay defense is a pass funnel defense. I think, you know, um, you know, Traquan Smith probably not. I don't know what he can do. Probably have a great day. But if Deontay, he's a little banged up. But if he goes, I love Deontay a lot this week. Very much feel great about him. Very much feel great about Kamara. Very much feel great about Godwin on the other side of things. Outside of that, it's going to be a fun one to watch. But too close to call. Reload. Dallas. Sunday night. Going to Minnesota. This should be a game for Minnesota. Dallas has been a little tougher on the ground. So Cook may have a little bit of a truncated day. Uh, it's going to be all about Cousins, right? Like getting the ball out. So getting it to Jefferson, perhaps, is what we're thinking. Uh, maybe finding some room for Thielen. But, uh, you know, Conklin's in play. Um, I do think that uh, Dallas is going to maybe try to establish the run. But ultimately, it should be a little easier to pass. Patrick Peterson is now out for the year. So that's going to change things defensively for Minnesota. Dallas is going to have to attack through the air. I think you do that. They may even get Gallup back this week. So they should, they're should. they going to be full strength. Even if he's not back, they're going to be great. right? I think Minnesota is a little tougher against the run. And so even with the injury against uh, Peterson, Dak should be looking to unload. Now, Minnesota will have to keep up. That's why I think for them, they don't force the issue with Cook, and they have to return fire. And so I very much would you know, be interested in uh, looking at Jefferson for sure. Who wins this game? Dallas will be firing on all cylinders. Minnesota has been good to start the year. Kirk has been, Kirk has been good to start the year. But I will say that Dallas finds a way on the road to win this one. Reload. Is our last shot, so we'll make it a good one. It's the Giants going to Kansas City. Guys, I like Danny Dimes this week. Uh, Kansas City, very susceptible to mobile quarterbacks. I know those numbers are skewed by, you know, Lamar playing him or whatever, but Danny Dimes can take off, and I think he can do that to return sufficient value this week. He's in play. He's got all these receivers coming back healthy or maybe nobody coming back healthy. Who even knows at this point? But I do know that he should have enough upside to return value. Booker is Booker on the ground. You can get invested if you want. I don't want to get involved in it. It's just, you know, we know what that is. We, the matchup is great, but the player is not. Kansas City is going to win this game. On their side of things, you know, Bradbury can, you know, probably go ahead and, you know, shadow Tariq Hill. Tyreek, you know, or maybe not because he's in the slot, but the thing about Tyreek is he's injured, right? Like he's got the hamstring thing. We may find out that Mahomes is injured too. This they haven't looked exactly right, right? But this is a beatable team. And so on the ground, Williams is in play. 
Kelsey, I think they'll find a way to get it to him. And it's all going to fall into place from there. Don't like McCole Hardman as much as I like Pringle now, especially since Hardman, Hardman fumbled last week and he hasn't been doing great anyway. And Pringle's been doing a little better each week. And so I prefer him a little more if you're doing showdown slates or something like that. But Kansas City gets to four, 500 on the year, gets to 4-4. Four and four, With an easy one at home over the Giants, I think. Guys, that's how I think this week unfolds. Takes a lot of research to get to that point to you guys. But hopefully that information is valuable to you as you take your picks and consider what you want to do for this week. Let's play a round of Would You Rather. Let's play another round of Would You Rather. So, for week eight of an election, would you rather, would I rather, would you rather, Darrell Williams or T. Higgins? Let's go with Darrell Williams. He's in a great spot. T. Higgins is going to get a lot of targets. He's been getting a lot of targets, but I just don't believe that he has a chance to outplay Darrell, who should shine this week. Ricky Seals-Jones or Russell Gage? I'm going to go with Russell Gage here. Tyler Lockett or Dalton Schultz? I will go with Dalton Schultz. Gino can't get it to Lockett. Lockett or Kenneth Gainwell? Gainwell. Nick Chubb or Michael Pittman Jr.? Nick Chubb. Cole Beasley or Devin Singletary? Ooh, tough. I'll say Singletary by a little. Robbie Anderson or Javante Williams? Robbie Anderson. No, not going to say that. Just kidding. Javante, he's going to catch passes out of the backfield. He's not going to run. Jacoby Myers or Zach Moss? We'll go Zach Moss. Chase Claypool or Trevor Hubbard? For flex, Trevor Hubbard. Deontay Johnson or Antonio Gibson? Let's go Deontay Johnson. Emmanuel Sanders or Zach Moss? I will say Zach Moss. Damian Harris or Terry McLaurin? Both in good spots, but let's go Damian Harris. Cortland Sutton or Khalil Herbert? I'll say Khalil Herbert by a little bit. Sutton could easily do that, though. Mike Davis or Jacoby Myers? Mike Davis. Chris Godwin or Daryl Williams? Daryl Williams. Cordero Patterson or Chris Godwin? Godwin. Cordero Patterson or Amari Cooper? Uh, Patterson. Samaj P. Ryan or Tyler Conklin? P. Ryan's in a good spot, but I'll say Conklin. Jarvis Landry or Miles Gaskin? Jarvis Landry. Tyler Lockett or Alex Collins? Alex Collins. Daryl Williams or Jalen Waddle? Tyler Lockett or Khalil Herbert? Khalil Herbert. Brandon Cooks or Melvin Gordon III? Brandon Cooks. Devin Singletary or Marquez Galloway? I would have to say probably Devin Singletary. Emmanuel Sanders or Michael Carter? Michael Carter. Cortland Sutton or Elijah Mitchell? Sutton. Brandon Cooks or Damian Harris? Harris. 
Tyler Boyd or Devontae Booker? Booker. Dallas Goddard or Zach Moss? Moss. Darrell Williams or CeeDee Lamb? Williams. Mike Williams or Antonio Gibson? Gibson. Jacoby Myers or Tony Pollard? Uh, Myers. He's going to get more targets than Pollard's going to get looks in this one. Keenan Allen um, or Antonio Gibson? Gibson. Jerry Judy or Chubba Hubbard? Hubbard. Jalen Waddle or Michael Carter? Michael Carter. Cole Beasley or Daryl Williams? Daryl Williams. T. Higgins or Antonio Gibson? Gibson. Mike Williams or Chubba Hubbard? Chubba. Devontae Booker or Jacoby Myers? Booker. Keenan Allen or Alex Collins? Collins. Mike Williams or Daryl Henderson Jr.? Henderson Jr. A.J. Brown or James Robinson? A.J. Brown. Jalen Waddle or Javante Williams? Javante Williams. T. Higgins or Khalil Herbert? Khalil Herbert. Alex Collins or Chase Claypool? Alex Collins. J.D. McKissick or Marquez Callaway? I'll go Callaway. Michael Pittman Jr. or Kenneth Gainwell? Let me get Gainwell. All right, guys, that's a little bit of who I would rather for this week. Hopefully that helps provide some clarity on the pecking order that I've established for the players for this week's action. Let's keep the magic rolling. Keep these good picks rolling. We're getting closer and closer to knocking down a big old tournament on DraftKings. Let's hope this is the week. Couple of good picks for you guys, and then we'll get you out the door. As usual, tournament picks and cash game picks for you. I try to condense it, but also give it to you guys in different various price points. So, here we go. Quarterback. For cash games this week, I'm going to give you guys four options for quarterback. And I got to be honest with you, I will probably uh, pay down, okay? But Teddy Bridgewater at 5,400, the matchup is great. I'd rather have exposure to him trying to figure out which of those weapons. I don't think running the ball is going to be too viable, but passing to the running back is makes a lot of sense. $5,400. Easy for him to pay off here at home. I might just do that. Sam Darnold, $5,600. is in an amazing spot, too. People won't be, th- they won't be on him. And he's in a great spot. Carson Wentz at $5,700. I'm giving you guys picks that make sense. It's like, it's not that some of these other guys can't hit, but they might be too popular or we might be paying too much for them. I'm considering all that when I'm giving you these picks. You know, Wentz, $5,700. And if you want to pay up, Jalen Hurts, $7,200. Those are my cash game quarterbacks for this week eight. Tournament quarterbacks, we've also got four for you. Fields at $5,000. We're going to pair him with Allen Robinson. And just as I described in Reload, he should be able to run and make it work and open up some room there. I want to go back to it. It's just so cheap. It opens up room for everything else. Speaking of so cheap, Ben Roethlisberger, $5,400. They can't run the ball that effectively in this game. And so they're going to have to pass. That's very cheap. Uh, You can fit in a lot of stuff, pairing him with his receiver and going about it that way. Tannehill, $6,600. 
going to have to lead the way. Tougher day on the ground against the Colts, and so they can't lean on Henry or rely on Henry this week or lean on Henry this week. And so they're going to go through the air, get your exposure to Tannehill at $6,600. In the final tournament plays, Josh Allen, $8,100. Pretty expensive, but he could pay that off against Miami. Also spreads it around a bit, and he may run it in from the goal line. So what better way to get exposure to him than just by doing that as opposed to playing digs and being burned. Okay, running backs. Cash games. We've got a couple of options for you. I've got seven options here for you because I really wanted to get you guys some cheaper options. and so, But you can use any of these guys in a cash game. You can pay down with Michael Carter at $4,900. He's going to get too much work. It's going to be too much work for him. They have transitioned at quarterback. Cincinnati's better against the quarterback anyway. Secondary's better than they are. Then the defense isn't stopping the run. This is set up well for him. You can't beat that price. You can't beat that price for what we're going to get production-wise and touches-wise. And so I'm very interested. They even throw him passes. So I'm very interested in that. Gainwell at $5,000 is a value too. I know Scott is going to be involved, but Gainwell was getting the goal line work when Miles Sanders was playing. Why wouldn't he now, right? So at five grand, people can guess on Scott if they want. Let's take this. Let's take what we know. Collins at $5,300. Again, between the three of these guys, we're looking at sure things in terms of uh, share the workload as it relates to their price. Because, see, Collins could end up getting, you know, uh, vultured a little bit by Penny. But ultimately, for us, at $5,300, at $5, for Geno providing so little value that he's been able to provide, they're going to have to lean on the run. So, if it's Penny and Collins, great. Collins can still pay off $5,300. You want to go up a little more? Chubba Hubbard, $6,000. Great value against Atlanta. They're going to straight ahead run with him. That's going to open up some things for Darnold, who obviously had a tough week last week. And so they won't put so much on him. The matchup against the run is pretty much good against Atlanta. And so I think, you know, these are excellent cash game values. Damian Harris, $6,100. Chargers invite people to run. I think Bill and New England will take them up on that. Damian Harris at $6,100 is a fantastic play to return value with. Uh, Mixon at $6,900. I love that play as well against the Jets. Uh, path to victory, right? Relies through Mixon. I'm convinced of it. And then uh, Swift, $7,100. Uh, you could pay up for him. That is also, I feel, a very, very fair price for the production that we could get from him on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. All right, let's look at wide receiver. So I've got some options, uh, some cash games, some GPP options. I think seven of each for you. That's pretty condensed when you think about all the receivers on the slate, just seven You know, if you're playing cash and seven if you're playing GPP. But we should be able to find some work here. Look, cash game at the bottom. Deontay Harris talked about the reasons why this dude should be involved. Tampa Bay is a pass funnel. I really like the outlook for him. And at $3,600, it's just not going to burn us that much. It leaves us room to put other stuff in. And so... Yes, we want to go with Deontay Harris. Landry at 5K, great value. They're going to have to pass. Uh, you know, They're going to have to pass, and it's going to be to him. We've seen the propensity to focus in on him. Whether or not OBJ is out there, I'm not concerned. If he is out there, even better. Even better. I'd still play Landry. 
Godwin, $6,400. Great value. Tom's not, his, I mean, he still has a lot of options. Tom Brady has a ton of options, but New Orleans matches up well against this offense, and they play him well, like I said before. Godwin is where the path to victory lies because Evans is probably going to get shadowed with Marshawn Lattimore. Deontay Johnson, $6,700. Ben's going to be staring him down. I want a piece of it. Metcalf at $6,800. Geno can't do much, but he can enable him. We saw that last week, so I feel comfortable that he can pay that price off this week in a game uh, that that has fantasy-friendly defense uh, going up against them. So, uh, Brown from Tennessee, $6,900. Again, you know, no Julio. They got back to basics last week. You know, Tannehill and him hooking up. I think they can build on that. I love that price. And then McLaurin is $7,600 against Denver. People won't play him, but McLaurin will pay off. He'll pay that off. Um, you know, he is a very good matchup against most defenses. And so while Denver's really good, I think they can shut down everything else. He, he still can get his, though. I'm very sure... He can still get his tight ends if we move along here. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. We got to go to uh, tournament wide receivers. Oh, I almost stiffed you guys. Okay, at the bottom, Goodwin, Marquise Goodwin. You heard me right. Three grand, 3K. Going up against San Francisco. This is a revenge game narrative that I like. This is a guy that was never really able to get himself established there. They let him go. He's able to come over to Chicago. He's going to be motivated to show his old team what they're missing. At 3K, can't hurt us too bad. Uh, Fields and any of his satellite pieces, so cheap. Pair them up together and go crazy with the rest of the higher end parts of the slate. Chester Rogers for Tennessee going up against Indianapolis. I love it. We were saying Tannehill's going to have to find ways, right? Rogers, the former Colt, going back to Indy. I love it. I love it. I think he has a chance to shine. And at 3200 it just doesn't hurt us. Agnew from Jacksonville at $3,700. Getting adjusted to his new role. Loving all the attention he's getting. Uh, Jacksonville should be able to have ample opportunity to pass the ball this week. And so I very much think that he's in play. Allen Robinson, I mentioned him before that I would uh, recommend him. And here he is at 4900 bucks. You pair him with fields and you haven't even spent 10 k right? So it's like you've got all types of leverage to do everything else. Hilton, T.Y. Hilton at $4,900. We can take a flyer on him because the Indianapolis pass game is in a very good spot. At that price, we have to be interested. And then the next guy we'll jump to is Pittman at $5,300, his teammate. Again, at that price, you can pair both of them with Wentz. You can pick one. You can do what you want. But then we would go to Claypool at $6,300, who I think is a nice tournament option. And then Debo Samuel, if you want to pay all the way up, at $7,400 for uh, the 49ers. I think we'll be able to afford him, and he's a really nice uh, opportunity this week. Tight end. If we look here, a couple of suggestions for you. Three cash game options and four tournaments. Four of the cash games. Yuzoma. $3,700 $3,700 from, from the Bengals. Going up against the Jets. They're terrible against tight ends. That's a great value. We don't have our usual studs like Waller, Kelsey on the main slate. So we got to make do, right? So Uzoma, $3,700. Higby's in a great spot too. $4,500. And then Hawkinson at $5,400. Those are your cash game tight ends. Tournament-wise, Jonu Smith. Everybody's going to be on Hunter. Pick Jonu, $2,800. Let's leverage that way. Sweeney, the backup tight end. Uh, in Buffalo, filling in for Knox. 
Miami's terrible against the tight end. He should be able to find a, a path to victory at that price. Can't hurt us. Can really make the uh, lineup soft for other folks. But you can play Hunter Henry at forty-two hundred bucks in tournaments, and then Kyle Pitts if you want to pay up at sixty-three hundred dollars. You can do that. You should be able to afford it with all of the room we're leaving from paying down this week. And finally, for defense. New Orleans versus Tampa Bay. At $2,500, I'm interested. I don't think Tom's going to go crazy against them. He hasn't been doing it before. Chicago versus San Francisco. Told you guys I'm taking a leverage spot there. Thinking Chicago's going to win, so $2,700. Love that defense. Buffalo versus Miami. That's where you got to play the most of. $3,300 in a spot where they should crush. If you want to take a chance for tournaments... I got two things for you. Those those other ones there, you could play wherever. But specifically for tournaments, you could go Tampa Bay, $4,200 at New Orleans. Or you could go the Rams at Houston, $5,100. It's a tournament play just because they're so expensive. It's over five grand for that defense. So those are the picks that I have uh, amassed for you guys this week. I'm hoping that this brings you to victory. Keep climbing the mountain like we did last week. Those were some excellent picks. I'm promising you I'm doing the same thing for you again this week. And uh, we'll come back next week and see how we all did. You know how to find me. If you have questions, start them, sit them. You need to get at me. But let's get out there, Tiger Bombers, and claim victory in week eight. And now time for the part of the show where the process goes over our DFS fantasy football Picks for the week. We'll go over cash game plays, tournament or GPP plays, and sometimes talk about stacks that you can use to leverage your wins for the week. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment.